Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning. It's Friday, March 18th and better sunrise this morning here in Atlanta. It was kind of a, like a cotton candy sky. Uh, it was nice. So, uh, yesterday we had on the podcast, um, uh, we had talked about FedEx and FedEx earnings. Um, they missed it, it. It was they're They're down. Let me see what they are down in the pre-market. Let's look in uh, active trader pro, uh, FDX. So FedEx is down to two twenty one. Um, when we were looking at this one uh, prior to earnings, uh, let's see. Let's just run the the algorithm. the The buy in was two twelve, so it's run up up to earnings. So it's not down to where we we were where we were essentially looking at it. Two twelve, it'd be up. You know what? Ten percent. Um, if you had sold just before earnings, but um, their dividend index date. Uh, I don't see it on the the calendar. Probably out a little further. But uh, essentially, they they were hurt by lower total package deliveries. Um, and if you've been following the the delivery shipment kind of you know industry, you know UPS has just been taking FedEx to the cleaners. UPS stock has run um, post earnings so much. Uh, they just you know again on their next earnings, completely expect them to to run up to all-time highs at 220, 230 again. Um, but essentially my question is, and I don't know this for sure, but it, it, Amazon has long held that they will start a package delivery system um, and, and allow people to ship things, you know, not just uh, Amazon resellers, but, uh, you know, consumers, businesses, blah, blah, blah. Is this the downfall of FedEx? Because FedEx basically they're just not managing their business correctly. So while I, I suggest that you trade it, I suggest that you own UPS. If, if you want to own a shipper, own UPS. Um, so that was uh, one that I wanted to look at. Uh, AbbVie, um, the, up their dividend, Freeport, uh, FCX looks good. Uranium, blah, blah, blah. I'm looking down my notes. Um, yeah, last night, uh, Kramer released, uh, I think it was 11 high dividend payers that just increased their dividends. Um, Devin, it, which is a podcast favorite. Let's look at where they're at today. Uh, Devin, did we get a cross up on Devin recently? Um, we have not gotten a cross up. We are actually would still be in from a January 26th buy of 5286. But wow, you've had some 10, 15% swings in this one up and down. Today, you're at 57.50. Again, like I said, anything under 60 in this one, I, I think you get in. And, and Devin's one that you could buy and hold if you wanted to. Uh, we are probably going to see a MACD cross up 
Um, we haven't had a sell on this one, but we have had several. Oh, we did have a sell. Um, looks like here, March 15th, we had a cross down with the nine going under the, the 21. So we did have the cross down, so we wouldn't be in this one. But it looks like we're probably going to get in in the next couple of days. I would say get in now. Get in today. Um, let's see what they're, uh, what they're trading at, DBN. Um, today they are at uh, 57.96 is the ask. 57.66 is the, uh, the bid. So they closed at 57.52. I would say based on yesterday's day range, you could probably get this around 53. Um, or 54 today, I think that would be a good buy-in. Um, and, and I think that one you run, you know, we just had the ex-dividend date. So essentially the dividend was taken out. It gapped down on a four hour. Um, you, 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 energy is energy. This one has such a trend line that I can't imagine, you know, yes, it's expensive. The PE ratio on this one is 13. Um, I think most energy companies are in the, the single digits. So it's a little bit expensive, but it's not crazy. You look at something like Occidental Petroleum, um, that's a P-E ratio of 28. That's super expensive, but Warren Buffett loves this one, so so do a lot of other people. Um, that's a, a, a great one. Uh, Pioneer Natural Resources uh, is another one. Proterra Natural Gas, Halliburton, um, Halliburton, Jim Cramer, forewarned about, ironically, it's the most recent charitable trust adding. Uh, but he was like, hey, watch it. Kind of like he did with Qualcomm. Kind of like he did with uh, PayPal. Kind of like he did with American Eagle Outfitters. Um, listen, the guy is entertainment. Uh, he he knows as much about it, the stock market as most other people on CNBC. They're highly knowledgeable. I don't know that his track record recently is all that good. Uh, not enough. Not good enough to be a General Kramer like he is on, uh, you know, telling... Telling Ukraine that they're get they're gonna get run over in three days prior to the the invasion, and now he's like, oh, they're they're fighters. We want to support them. Well, come on, quit 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 putting your political agenda on there, Jim. Um, tractor Supply, Best Buy, Best Buy. Ironically, I am out of. I was in, but I'm recently out. Sold out of my uh my Best Buy. I think that's a trading stock. Dollar General, um, mixed guidance, but they've got a huge buyback and the dividend raise. So they believe in their own business. NXP Semiconductors, NXPI. Uh, semis, great, great uh, you know, business. Um, Prolaris, uh, which is a Prologis, which is the REIT. That's a delivery REIT. Wells Fargo. Um, and, and I kind of have a note down here at the bottom. Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Great financial plays with rates going up. Um, I think those are two things. Uh, so, and a AXP. Um, we, we briefed on AXP here on the podcast and by we, I mean me, um, at 169, I said there was a buy-in today. It's at 186 and that was just a few days ago, March 14th. So, um, you know, it had a MACD cross up. It, it had been beaten down so much and, and with reopening, I think that that one's a great one. I, I do think you're, you're probably reaching a run up on this one. Um, at AXP, I wouldn't buy it here at 186. I'd, I'd probably wait for a little pullback on this one. Um, uh, interesting. Uh, those were the high dividends from uh from Kramer. There were a couple of others that I wrote down. Um, but let me. One of the things I watch Zip Trader on 
on YouTube, and the guy's name is Charlie. Zip, just look up Zip Trader on, on YouTube, and you'll find him. His latest one, uh, his latest pick is PIK. And this, you know, he goes with a momentum uh, stock picking. So he briefs on these momentum ones that typically gap up. When you look at yesterday, this one gapped up from, it looks like $1.92 all the way to $3.23. Um, Kid Pick is a, uh, I think it's an animation uh, thing. Again, doesn't really matter what it is. It's It's been a runner from all the way from like $6 down to $1.78. It's kind of floundered there for about a week or so. And all of a sudden yesterday they announced a partnership with Disney and boom, it takes off. Well, today you're at 472. It looks like it's, uh, let's look at Pick in, in Active Trader Pro, P-I-K. Um, so you're at uh, 574. Jeez, this, I mean, this, this, this run up is, is, is incredible. Um, you've got a 52-week high of $10, and that was back in November. It's been on a downslide ever since then. So um, at 575, uh, they're not making money. They're losing money. They had, this is total hype play. PIK, um, it's got some support here. Uh, for a continued run, um, the the actual uh today, let me see a two day uh volume shelf to give me a little bit. Yeah, their two day volume shelf is around four dollars. Their today volume shelf, the majority of their buys as of four a.m. today, um, have been at the five uh sixty mark. So you're trading at about five seventy. Let it cool off. I, I think. You know, if you're interested in this one, let it cool off. I don't know why you'd be interested in this one other than to trade it. And again, um, you know, one of the things that I'll probably, I might do a weekend podcast on this one, uh, on education. Never take advice from an internet guy, and that's including me. Do your own research. Understand what you're buying. Um, If somebody tells you to buy UCO or SCO, understand what that is. It's an oil futures contract. Um, if someone tells you to buy UVIXI or SVIXI, understand what that is. That's an ETF that's based on the VIX, which is volatility. Understand what it is. Understand how it trades. Uh, do some paper trades if you have the ability. I think TD Ameritrade is the only one that I know of that, that allows paper trade. I use Fidelity, um, but I went through my paper trading education. Um, you know, if you, want, if you don't want to paper trade and you want to do small trades, it's free trades these days, so put five or ten dollars. Um, don't look at the the dollar amount that you put in. Look at the 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 percentage that you're getting back, because as you increase that dollar amount, um, more than likely you're going to make more money. I was watching a a, a video um, from a, a woman on on YouTube, humbled trader. Um, she's very good. You know, I, I, her broken English is a little bit to to take, but She's actually incredibly smart. Uh, I'm incredibly impressed with her. I've been watching her for years. And she did a video yesterday about is, um, is uh, day trading gambling. Well, you know, watch her video. It's not. But for you people who aren't educating yourself and understanding charts and understanding, um, you know, to get out when you can. And again, I say get out, but uh, even, even the best of us don't get out. Me. You look at my... Uh, Shopify, you look at my Baba, you look at all that stuff that I have. I haven't gotten out of that stuff. And it's not like I, I truly believe in this stuff. It's, 
it's I should have gotten out. Um, but her ideas yesterday about keeping a trade journal and she gives away a free Excel spreadsheet, which is a trade journal. Um, oh, and by the way, PIK has, has breached $6 now, uh, as we're talking. So, um, the other thing that Charlie mentioned was the, the Mullen, uh, Mullen automotive. And he kind of brought up, Hey, they have their car. They displayed it at the LA car show. This one's been a total hype game. Um, they have some liquidity problems, uh, and that's essentially it. So their market cap is seventy-six million. They're burning thirty-eight million a, a quarter, and they only have forty-eight million uh, left. Which means Mullen is probably going to have to issue new shares. Um, there was one thing that he mentioned about. Uh, uh, about um, uh, a building, uh, leveraging a building for some some debt. Well, the building's going to get them all of a few weeks because it's only worth about eight million bucks. Um, so Mullen, it, it's a podcast favorite. Do not own this one. Trade it today. It's down at two twenty. It closed at two forty four. I think we've seen this one run up um, I, as they get closer. I, I do think that they have. You know, again, their market cap is only at uh, I think fifty-five or sixty million dollars. It's it's not much, but they're losing money. Um, you know, when you look at this one, it's fifty-two week highs, fifteen dollars ninety cents back in November. Trade this one. Do not own it. And when you I say trade it, I mean day trade it. Do not own this one today and think that on Monday you're going to make some money. If you do, great. It's a great trade, but it's gambling. It's essentially what it is. This this has no fundamentals whatsoever. Um, so that's a little warning. Um, I think apewisdom.io was the website that that Charlie said uh, kind of pump stuff. So I, I got to look that up. Another hype stock. GameStop reported last night. I have no idea who's buying this. I have no idea who's holding this because the, the reality of this is their their earnings call took 11 minutes. Uh, they took no questions. It was 11 minutes and, and they gave no plans. Uh, all they did was confirm that they're building an NFT marketplace. Um, their profits went down on increased sales. Uh, that's a company. Now this company has tons and tons of cash because of the, the stock run up. Um, but they're not doing anything with it. They're, They're opening an NFT marketplace. Now, if you believe in NFTs, Hold on to GameStop. If you believe that they can turn it into a viable, um, you know, Ryan Cohen, if you believe in him and, and think that he can build a, the premier NFT marketplace, go ahead. Um, I, particularly, I, I think there's better places to put your money. I could totally be wrong. This could be the Tesla of uh, 20, the, the 2020 decade. Where all of a sudden GameStop it becomes the number one valuation um, of any S and P company. I, I don't think it will, but if you believe that, go ahead. I just don't know who's buying into this. Um, if, if, you know, contact me on Twitter at me on Twitter. Let me know if you're buying this one because the the again, I am I putting the the majority. Everybody that listens to the podcast knows the majority of my portfolio is in Apple. Um, Apple makes billions of dollars in profits every quarter. Um, 
they have a a product pipeline that will deliver for for years to come. Uh, even you know, just to give you an for instance, I read a, a piece yesterday on Apple that even if they were to uh, you know the the iPhone, it wasn't a refresh cycle on the iPhone. Well, you're heading into a refresh cycle on the uh, the Max uh, because of the M1 chips. And essentially, a refresh uh, cycle on the Max might actually be more valuable to the company than a refresh cycle on the iPhone. But you're all sucked into that uh, that that ecosystem. I don't know anybody who has an iPhone that doesn't have an iPad. I don't know anybody that has an iPhone that enjoys their work computer, their their Dell. <laughs> um, you know, their their their. Uh, I don't even know what what kind of uh, other kind of uh, PCs there are out there, but. Um, you know, whatever. But uh, again, GameStop, not a fan. There was a report uh, on CNBC, and I don't know if it's on CNBC.com. I kind of saw it in passing this morning at 5 a.m. while I was watching TV. But men, members of Congress, and, and by the way, Pelosi's husband is the number one guy to follow because he picks winners all the time. Um, and you know, it's all publicly acknowledged what he trades. Well, there's members of Congress who got uh, briefed on the Ukraine situation over the past few weeks. And while they will tell you that they have been completely focused on the Ukraine, uh, there has been record buying and selling of stock from members of Congress over the past few weeks, specifically in Occidental, Chevron, Exxon, CrowdStrike. Uh, it's specific around energy and cybersecurity. Uh, so if you're not following uh, energy and cybersecurity, you're probably going to lag behind the market. Um, oh, by the way, KidPick, P-I-K, it's up at 620 now. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's that. Uh, I, I When, you know, if you know anything, you know, reporters on TV, on Bloomberg and on CNBC, the, the, the business reporters, they can't own individual stocks. They can't trade individual stocks. They can trade ETFs. Uh, that's it. That's all they can own. That's all they can trade. Members of Congress, no holds barred. Let's do this. Uh, the Federal Reserve just put in place rules. Can't do it. Can't hold individual stocks. Uh, federal you know, officials. They're black, you know, they're, they're blacklisted during certain dates. They can't buy and sell. Members of Congress? No. In fact, there's a report going on right now on CNBC on it. Um, so uh, there's my, my uh, inside rant. Um, inside buys this week, there was an interesting one. There, there were five, the top five, um, Ball Corp, ADVX, which was the first inside buy, um, Amberella, U.S. Foods, those were the four. And then there's an interesting one, which is the largest, uh, COTY, Cody. Um, there was a $2.5 million stock purchase by the CEO, which was her first purchase. Interesting enough, she's never purchased stock before because she was given $30 million of stock as she signed on. So she's doubling down and, and purchasing more stock. Um, this was the fourth big insider buy this year uh, for Cody. So. Something's going on there. Um, let's look at the stock. It was interesting. Uh, I have not seen the stock today. Stock is at $8.88. 52-week high is eleven twelve. 
Um, let's see how it looks in the algorithm. C-O-T-Y. Um, the algorithm, we would be in at 829. There's a big gap here between 817 and 801. Um, most likely that was probably the date of the inside buy on March 15th. Um, so uh, this one's kind of soaring. It's got some momentum. The 200-day is positive. It's, it's recently pulled back. You don't need much for this one to go, um, you know, 20, 10, 20%. When I pull back the, the, the VWAP line here, let's put it at its high on November 17th. Um, there's a significant volume shelf right here at about 858. Um, the next volume shelf is at $9.42, uh, which is ironically right where the 200 day is, uh, is trending. Um, I would be a little bit scared of this gap down below, um, but watch this one, C-O-T-Y, I'll put it on my watch list. Um, another bit of news, nickel crashed in London. Uh, it's been halted. Uh, essentially, it opened up, gap down, opened up again, gap down, opened up again, gap down, and it's halted. Um, it could be an indication of uh, commodities kind of reaching a peak. Um, and, and if you've watched commodities, you've known that they've kind of leveled out a little bit. One commodity that interested me was wheat. Um, and, and there was a senator on about uh, talking about supply chains and how supply chains are coming down. But the one supply chain that really can't be, quote unquote, manipulated is wheat um, because it goes on a planting cycle. So it's not something where, hey, we're short of wheat this year. Um, where do we get more? Well, there's a finite supply for a year of wheat. So WEAT is the wheat ETF. Um, it, it typically trades on a very flat, um, very non-volatile kind of uh, line, right around $7. It looks like between $7 and $7.30, $7.50, um, with indistinguishable volume. But then when we get to uh, right around February 22nd, you start to see some volume really pick up. And on March 4th, when it uh, reached its 52-week high, it looks like, um, this one just, the, the volume is off the charts. Uh, the 200-day is moving up. This one's kind of putting in a, a kind of consolidation here. The, the Bollinger Bands are sinking up. But it's around ten dollars. Uh, I'm not saying buy this one. We would have been in this at seven thirty six way back on February eighth. But who could have you know predicted this one per se? Um, but there's a significant amount of gap ups here. Gap ups here. So it, it's a dangerous one. But it interested me enough to kind of put it on a watch list. Um, again, I think Russia is the number one wheat exporter. So. Uh, Something to keep an eye on. Uh, speaking of Russia, Biden will speak to China today about Russia. Uh, this could be a train wreck. <laughs> um, Russia, or sorry, China is going to bring up Taiwan. And, you know, Biden's going to have to do that dance of, hey, you know, China doesn't want us to recognize the independence of Taiwan, but we do recognize the independence of Taiwan. And it's something that most likely the U.S. will defend the independence of Taiwan. So China doesn't want to make a move, but. It's more about a game of uh, 
a chicken, who's going to make the first move kind of thing. And is China going to make a move? Who knows? Um, but that call today is significant because uh, China uh, shouldn't be giving support to Russia. They might be giving support to Russia. Um, they publicly haven't said they've given support to Russia, but they, they haven't really come out and, and uh, you know, bashed the invasion of Ukraine because that would, you know, kind of be kettle calling the pot black, whatever you want. Um, so, uh, but that's going on today. That could move the markets. Another one, a podcast favorite, MRNA is up in the pre-market. Uh, Moderna, they asked for more booster shots, uh, an approval for more booster shots across all age groups. Uh, that one is up at 172. It closed at 168. Um, not to say that this one doesn't have 400 again in the books on this run, but it's been ever since we kind of went into this one. Uh, let's put in MRNA. Uh, the algorithm got us in at 142.40. Um, so we've made significantly our, you know, 20%. Uh, I think you probably, uh, it, it's probably going to run to this 200 day, um, because it, it's been bouncing off the 50 day, um, which is kind of flattening out the nine and the 21 are super positive. Um, this one could, could, could continue to run. Uh, I'm not putting any money in today on this one. Um, my guidance for everybody today is Uvixi uh, or VXX. Uh, play a volatility index and don't, or I'm sorry, yeah, Uvixi is the one today. Um, that's the one I would suggest just because uh, what we've seen on Fridays during the four weeks of this war is that sellers show up on Friday afternoon. Um, you're seeing a significant down on the, the MACD. Um, the, the RSI right now on a one-minute chart uh, for Uvixi is at uh, 48. So it's not overbought. It's not oversold. It's putting in a pretty good volume shelf here at about 713 to 717. But that's just for today. Um, if we go to a two-day your volume shelf is at 16.48, so you are up. Um, I would consider it probably coming down. I've got a red uh, SMA 200 line that comes in here, and it's just kind of touching that right now. My guess is that it kind of breaks down. Uh, I'll wait for some confirmation. It's kind of there right now, but I'll wait for some confirmation um, before I kind of trade this one. But uh, I would expect some afternoon selling in this market. Um, I, I, you know, one of the things that we had briefed on a couple of days ago, or I think it might've been yesterday was TQQQ. Um, this is one where it's triple levered. So you're probably going to lose money on this one today. Um, because the, you know, it's trading down at 48. It was, uh, it closed at 50 yesterday's, it closed at actually the, the, the day's highs at 5019. Um, there was a significant amount of buying that went on. There's a volume shelf here on a two day at 48. So my guess is that that's probably where it's going to come down to. It's at 48.86. This one probably 48.50 is where it's probably going to come down to. And, and you know, that's, that's where it's setting up as support. If we see that, that support kind of break through, um, then your next volume level is looks like 47.90 to 48. Um, so, uh, again, I, I, energy, uh, your UCO, SCO stuff, uh, UCO, 
is at 149. It closed yesterday at 150. The day was 144 to 152. So there wasn't a lot of volatility on this one, but it did creep higher throughout the day. You're seeing this one come down a little bit today. Um, I think just based on, you know, governments are going to bring this price down. Uh, oil is going to, it was creeping up earlier. I think it's going to come down though. Uh, nobody wants oil other than the oil companies. Um, you know, and if you want to invest in oil, Devon Energy, um, I, I heard that they have uh, something like $40 uh, per uh, barrel oil priced into their, uh, their estimates, which means they're going to blow out estimates. Um, this one's come down a little bit. It's going to open up right around where it closed yesterday. Um, Occidental Petroleum. Uh, Warren Buffett just doubled down on this one. So even these prices between 50 and 60, that's the prices he's paying. Um, so he's got a big, you know, I followed him in. My average purchase price is 63. I got screwed on this one, but I'm still in. Um, because again, I think their their price per barrel is somewhere around $48 in their future earnings. So they might bring up their earnings. Um, the one oil that I brought, that I, uh, that I brought up, was OIH, and this was brought up by Joe Terranova yesterday on um on uh the closing bell, and let's look at it on the uh the algorithm. Um, we would have been at, in on this one at two fifty one. There's significant gaps up here. It looks like there might be a gap down two forty to two forty four. Might be. Um, a gap down that we see, but it did gap up. It did. It spiked up yesterday. It's at 269. Um, that one is trading. It looks like right now at about 266 is the ass. It might open up at 267. This one, he said he sees going back to 300. Um, it hit 300. It looks like on, uh, March 8th. That was the day that oil, I think spiked, but OIH is the oil services ETF. So this one, as oil goes up, um, if you don't want to own UCO, remember UCO is an oil um, futures product. So it's about more about the futures. Um, this Vanek Oil Services, my understanding is that this is just an ETF of oil services. Um, you can see the volume kind of is continuing. Uh, it's got a MACD cross down. The, the RSI on a four-hour chart is uh, 5260, so it's not overbought currently. Um, it's probably, you know, again, Joe Terranova knows what he's talking about. He said, hey, I, I see this one going back up. He's been right more than he is wrong. Um, there's a volume shelf here. Let's see what the 52-week high. Yeah, the 52-week high was, you know, March 8th, 306. So you've got probably a couple of different options on here um, as far as oil goes. Uh, my presumption is... Um, don't buy anything today that you're going to hold through the next week. Wait till Monday. Uh, you, may, you, you may have a peace deal. You may have a, a treaty come around on the weekend. And all of a sudden, oil prices just get shot down. Um, if you want to short the triple Qs and you, you think that today is going to be, you know, we've had too much of a, um, an upturn, go SQQQ, uh, S and three Qs. Uh, that is a short, the Ultra Pro short. Um, it's a levered short, so it's, it, it is going to be, uh, significantly more. It's up a dollar. It's at $40. Um, let's see what we have up. 
I don't like to use these ones on uh, the algorithm. Short ones are a little, you know, even though they're just inverse of what the QQQ does, it's typically, yeah, we would have been out of it yesterday. So it's not like today we're going to get back into it because the MACD on two candles isn't going to turn all the way around. Um, so, but the RSI is 39, probably a little bit oversold, uh, especially with the two days that we've had in the QQQ. Um, I know I've gone on here a little bit long. Uh, what, a couple of things on energy. URA is a uranium ETF. Um, you probably have not missed the boat on this one. Uh, let's look at that one. Um, on the algorithm, we were in on February 25th at 22.77. Today, it's at 25, 25.64. You probably haven't missed this one based on the uh, November uh, highs of 30. So you still got, what, 20%, 25% in that one. Uh, CCI, Cameco. Um, this was one that they brought up on their energy uh, thing too. Crown Castle International. It's a REIT. Um, this one. You were in February 24th at uh, 162. It's at 176 today. Um, there are some significant gaps up here, the, the, right around 192. So this one might be an opportunity for you to get in. Um, again, the, the RSI is 59, so it's a little bit overbought. Um, the MACD is up. You might have missed this move a little bit, but I, I think you still have some, some time to go up there. Um, LAC Lithium America. Um, this is one where actually, ironically, yesterday we had a buy-in. 2617. Your RSI is at 56. Your MACD is right kind of on the oscillator there. Um, they just announced their earnings. Uh, there's no dividend date on this one. They're trading just below. They had their death cross. It looks like everybody else on February 1st. Um, but they haven't gone too far down there. Um, let's look at LAC there. Uh, this is lithium. So it's got to do with batteries, EV batteries. They're not making money. Um, their 52 week high is 41. They're trading at 27. Um, uh, that was back in November. Uh, so this is one that, again, we just had an algorithm cross up at 2617. This one might interest me to get into with, with a small buy. Um, I'll be taking a look at the action on that one. Um, so any questions you have the Broadcom, Oh, Broadcom. Um, I wanted to look at this one, AVGO, um, because their ex dividend date is coming up and that was mentioned by somebody. I don't know, but their ex dividend date is March 17th. And that one has been consolidating here around 400. Um, so we did, uh, have a buy here. It looks like. Um, we had a sell right after it. That MACD has just been teasing us, but it does look like it's probably on the upward swing. So Broadcom is one. Uh, our DAC play, um, that is one that has continued to go up. Uh, let's look at the Active Trader Pro on this one. DAC, um, they are at 107, it looks like. The Ask 106. Uh, it traded kind of flat yesterday um, and the day before. Hasn't really moved much. Uh, but what I did find out is that DAC has a significant um, uh, ownership of Zim, which is our next ex-dividend date, which is actually Monday. 
You can buy this on Monday, so you have to hold it on Monday. Um, but essentially, their ex-dividend date is 322. Um, they are at 87 today. Uh, when we look at the chart in Z, uh, TrendSpider, our algorithm, it does look like it's on its way down. This was overbought. The relative strength is 70. It's got to come down. Um, you know, again, it's probably going to come down after the ex-dividend date. You're going to have a gap down here with a $17 dividend. That's just kind of expected. Um, it's completely overbought. Uh, their P ratio is 2.23. Um, I, I, I'd read some things on this one that, that make me think that it's just a little overextended right now. Um, buying up here, I think you're buying at the high. Uh, when you look at the previous earnings um, of 12.16 and then 14.17, you went from 51.89 uh, and you wrote it all the way down to 15.29 and then you just saw this shot up here from 50 to 70. Um, and then 70 to 90 has been literally since March. So uh, you've got volume shelves that just don't support this right now. Um, the, the volume levels of the trades in this stock uh, are at pretty much all-time highs from what I see. Um, the only other higher one looks like it was August um, where they really announced their, their big dividend, it looks like, um, and people started buying it. So And then they had a big dividend on uh, August 24th. Then their earnings on November 16th, and then their dividend on uh, December 15th, and you saw it kind of come down. So uh, this is one I would probably, I, in my opinion, uh, I think DAC is probably your better bet just for the exposure. Um, but again, you had a buy-in on this one at <clears throat> on March 9th at $91, and today you're all the way up at 107 So a little bit extended. I went on way too long, but it's a Friday, so you had a lot of time to listen to me. Um, have a great weekend. I may do an educational podcast. I might do just do a YouTube video on that one about some things that you can learn. Um, Zip Trader University has it. Do not pay for any of this stuff. It's all out there free. TrendSpider has a great TrendSpider University that has great video content. I learn better on videos than I do books. Um, so I typically, you know, the way I learned a lot of this stuff was by reading a, sh just a shit ton of, bo um, you know, articles online. I didn't pay for training. Uh, it, it does take a while to train though. Um, the, the indicators that I use are, are moving averages, uh, MACD, RSI, stochastics, Bollinger bands. And when I say moving average, it's SMA and EMA. There's a difference. Um, you know, find out what that difference is. I'm not going to educate you on this podcast, but, uh, you should do some of these, uh, these educational thoughts. And just so you know, EMA is exponential moving average. SMA is simple moving average. I have both and I use both, uh, interchangeably. There's, um, goods, they're bad. Um, what TrendSpider allows me to do is look at RSI, uh, look at gap snake. It just makes it super, super simple. Um, and again, what these things do is they give you information. It's not something where you're just going to click on it and say, ooh, it's, it's a buy. No, you got to understand the information. Um, and, and again, to go back to what I started talking about, do never listen to a guy on the internet about what to buy. He can give you ideas, 
but understand that those ideas should be, you should be educated enough in the trade to understand A, what you're buying, B, what your risk is. And, and the other thing that, that I tend not to do, and again, this is my downfall, is I tend not to get out at the right time. I'm always thinking, ooh, I just lost a little bit of money. It'll come back. No, you should never do that. Again, learn from me. Um, I've had a couple of, more than a couple of these, and it's been a hard, it always is a hard learning experience. And that's why um, even Humble Trader and, and a lot of other traders that I follow, everybody suggests uh, keeping a trade journal because then you learn and it, it gets bounced into your mind. And again, Humble Trader on uh, YouTube, she's got a free uh, Excel spreadsheet where she tra- uh, uses her to tr- track her trades and to identify her trades and then go back and learn. Uh, I will probably be starting doing that again. I just got out of that practice. I, I do it in um, Apple Notes. Um, and again, I'm sucked into the ecosystem so much in Apple just because of the iCloud stuff. It's all synced across all of my devices, um, You know, all my number stuff, all of my uh, notes, all of my pages, uh, everything. It's great. So have a great weekend. Um, good luck. And remember, don't buy today and hold through the weekend. That would be my number one advice. Um, volatility is going to pick up in the afternoon. That's just my guess. Take care.